I want Brad to do a more infused uh, introduction because I got so much grief last time. No, it's my turn. Yeah, I've not done it yet. Um, I'm, I'm just going to re-jig my own notes. Um, I need to also think about top three sports people. I've done a UK list and, and like a sports list. Nice. I think I might just do like yeah. I've done, I've got my number one. Oh, hmm. I've got like I've got a yeah. All right. Shall we start? Brad, when do you want me to start? Uh, it'll make a difference. I'm not even started editing these yet, so I'll have to figure. We're not recording. Anyway. Oh yeah, we we're, are recording. We're always recording. So we're, we're recording. Yeah. So whenever. Right, uh, welcome back, everyone, to Talking Heads and Tails podcast, uh, the place where we're gonna have a ramble about sports, current affairs, and everything in between, uh, with zero professional credibility. I'm here with Brad and Pat. How are you doing, boys? Yeah, I'm good. Um, a lot better instruction than last week, so and thank you for that, Jed. A bit more enthusiastic than than the old Pat. Pat, how are you? Yeah, happy to be here. I, yeah, getting grief for this introduction last week, just just being myself. Aren't I? Um, yeah, not bad. How's your week's been, fellas? You, I've been off work, living the dream. What, what about yourselves? Yeah. Um, to be fair, um, apart from. I think my week last week was probably built around rugby league coming back. I think um, we'll probably notice throughout, the, throughout um, the podcast that we do that rugby league does play nine ten percent of a factor in all our lives sort of thing. So um, probably built around that Thursday, Friday, I think Saturday and Sunday. Well, not much I was on TV on Sunday. Yeah, but... We just accept that you live upside down like a bat. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. Yeah, really sorry. We, we just had some um, <laughs> we just had some technical difficulties. I dropped my tablet. I record on, and I spent a good minute of the Zoom upside down. Yeah. So, sorry, Brad. Continue. It sounded like a rodent trapped in a box. Yet, scrambling around. It, it did proper throw me off. I was like, I'm not sure what's happening here. I don't know if it's just just keep pounding it out or maybe stopping, sort of reassess. For all the listeners, we have confirm that if we're doing it in seasons this first season is going to be called technical difficulties because we have had a few in the short space of time which we've been doing it so far so it's all a learning by curve we. boys by we it's all been you oh yeah <laughs> I've never seen a man who like just can't operate teams or zoom no I, I don't know why you left it to me either because well to be fair I do do it on my daily operations for work but yeah, it's not my forte. Yeah, was it? I know. You got a call, didn't you, recently? Where um, you, you went, you knew on, you had like your Minecraft background on. Someone dialed onto the call and didn't talk. For the rest <laughs> oh, of it. I do like on, on Microsoft Teams. You get to play around with, like the background, and you can do all sorts. And it is, it is good. I remember I had one with you and your better half, Pat, and she's a teacher, and she confirmed that even a year five students don't do it when they're. When they were off during COVID and on Zoom, so oh, that's a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. So, do you? Um, you ever... Go on, sorry, mate. 
Oh, I was just going to say, have you ever had anything where, like, there was that video of the American lawyer who couldn't get himself off a cat filter? Have you ever had any clients do that to you? No. No, I think that's a bit extreme, isn't it? I think it, to be fair, if I saw something like that, I'd probably just hang up the call and just go back and say, oh, technical difficulties. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let me try again. And hopefully the filter's gone. But no, that will, it would be a topic of conversation, really, isn't it? Loads of that stuff emerged. Do you remember that fella who did the interview at the start of the lockdown pandemic where it's like kids came in and he just oh, absolutely yeah. lost it at him? And he just like on live tally as well. Imagine you'd be mortified. Yeah, was that the one where the, the wife scurried in and like grabbed the so, kids out of the room? No, there was one where there's like this really high profile American bloke, but there was another guy who had like a 16 year old son and he just absolutely lost the plot. He was like, <laughs> well, you shut the fuck up. Like, he was just daft. No, yeah, uh, I, I saw a few of them to be fair. And to be fair, the kids sometimes actually work in and sit there and have a conversation, especially if it's on the news. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I agree. What's your, week, uh, what's your week been like, Jed? Well, I'll just move on. I will move on to my week in a minute. I just wanted to ask Brad. Uh, you went to Salford Cass away on Friday night, just while we're talking about your week. Just want to ask you how that was. Obviously, going to Cass Vegas. Yeah. You've been to the jungle before. To be fair, first time in, well, first time ever, actually. I've been to a few grounds in Super League. Yeah, uh, first away day, well, first game of the year, first away day of the year. So it was to be fair, a bit apprehensive at first going to Castleford. They've been built quite well, and we turned up and just absolutely did them. So that was that was an enjoyable, enjoyable experience. Castleford in itself is, um, we'll be rushing to go back, shall I say? But it, we, we can we can work around it, work around it if Salford are back playing there again. Yeah, did you frequent any of the local establishments? Oh, mate, I went, I went into so outside <laughs> Castleford's Mendeho Jungle. There's a there's a pub and there's a few pubs, so I won't, I won't name which one. We go in and there's, there's me and three others who who travelled up with us, and I was like, because I was driving, I was like, oh, I'll just have one Guinness. So <laughs> we're at the bar queuing for about ten minutes. Got to the front of the bar and I was like, oh, have you got any Guinness? And she just screamed something at me, and I couldn't even. I couldn't even guess what it was. And I was like, sorry, I'm not a clue what you just said. And again, screamed at me to the point where I only heard Guinness and then it, it was a word beginning with S after it. And I was like, yeah, I'll just have one of them. It, eventually, so when she's gone to get the drink, she's got this glass, a John Smith glass, got a can of Guinness and poured the Guinness in and then just put it in this little... It obviously did nothing to the drink whatsoever. And it can't possibly do anything. It's like a light switch just went on. She had it on there for 30 seconds and just handed it over and I was like, bit weird. Shout out, shout out to um, Jasmine Cricket Club who yeah. used to do that. Yeah, yeah. What what are they called? They've got a special name on there, bro. Um, oh, it's, it's, well, I got it screamed like at me, so. Isn't it like Sonic something or? It is, yeah. And they like send something through it and it, it causes yeah, yeah. it to settle. Yeah. I can't believe you've never seen one of them, bro. I thought you were such a, a, a Guinness connoisseur. Nah, well... Most Guinness places that do Guinness, they normally have it on tap because that's how Guinness is meant to be sort of given to you, isn't it? I must Balls admit, and cans, Balls but, to the brewery. <laughs> I'm not really a can drinker either. I must admit, I had a um, a bottle of Guinness the other day, and it. How was that? I can see, um, it was fizzy. Like 
Guinness is normally quite smooth, but from the bottle, it was quite fizzy. It wasn't... I'm not going to be starting doing TikToks like that guy who goes around solely reviewing Guinnesses, but it wasn't wasn't the best Guinness I've had. But yeah, so third, go to a bar and get screamed at. Did you not yeah, learn no. to ski while you were there? That's the only other thing that I know. That's the only other thing I know about Castleford is that it's got a massive. Um, what's it called? Is it Escape? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has it? Like a, yeah, it's got like an Escape, and it's got something that's a little bit like Cheshire Oaks, but n- not very good. Yeah, it's just off the M62, isn't it? Yeah, I thought that was Castleford, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, literally, as soon as you get off the M62, you travel for four minutes, and you're literally outside everywhere, just a jungle. So. It's um. Yeah. Have you have you been before, Jad? Uh, no, I've not been to Castleford. Um, I don't think I've ever played in Castleford either. The closest I've done is playing at Fev's ground. Uh, um, nice. You and Joey, parts of the world. Yeah, yeah. Me, Did me, you and Joey me, both me. get Walpole to go to go to Featherstone? <laughs> me and me, Joey, Joey the Walpoleer. <laughs> <laughs> he actually said to me it was a champ one team, and then I turned <laughs> up and it was a championship team. It was just so confusing. Between us, we actually got it right. I tell you what, their ground does need some investment, though. Um, my, one of my mates who had, yeah, what one of us, uh, both. both probably, yeah. So, <laughs> one of my mates was running a bit late. He was coming, so I was trying to sort out how to get a ticket to him whilst the game was on because he, he got to us about like five past or ten past. So, trying to work that out was hard, and then they were like, "Oh, where do away fans go?" So you go into through the turnstiles and all you see is cast fans. You, you go around and like it's just like one big circle where you can just walk around. It's absolutely bonkers. Mm. The um the most interesting rugby league ground I've been to watch uh, a Super League game that's Hull KRs, just because it's only got stands at three sides. So then there's just like a big open field, field to one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's just like a massive wind tunnel. Well, <laughs> what's funny about Cass is, so there's no actual, like, there's a few, like, food places where you'd normally expect the food places to be, but there's, there's not, like, bars. So the bar is actually behind the main stand, <laughs> but you've got to go, like, so you can't actually, so you queued up for a beer, you can't actually watch any of the, of the footy. So my mates were there for, like, 30 minutes queuing up. And <laughs> he said behind there, it was like a school disco. So you had, like, four different queues for four different types of drinks that you wanted. <laughs> and then there's, like, an ice cream van and, like, six different food trucks. He said it was, it's just bizarre. Yeah. I mean, when are we going? Uh, <laughs> when are we yeah. going? <laughs> when are we going First to question, spend 80 when are minutes going? behind the main stand? Second question, does it surprise me that Cass is a really bizarre place? <laughs> Not no. really. No. I'd love to go back and just actually experience Cass instead of being bothered about the rugby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but part... the rugby was good too, so... I knew... Yeah, I mean, getting off to a W is not bad. No. And everyone ruled you out. Everyone ruled us out and everyone was saying Cass are aiming for top four, so... If so, for the top four end of the year, we are in for an interesting podcast journey. <laughs> we just battered them too, which was a good thing. And good result, wasn't it? Yeah, we've got a lot of new faces. New, well, both teams had a new coach, but we've got a whole new spine, and they just worked. Couldn't fault it. Could not fault it. 
No. Jed, your week? Um, yeah, so, I mean, we've not discussed if we're going to t- say this, but, I mean, the eagle-eyed amongst you would probably realise it once we start talking about stuff. We have actually had a week off the podcast for many reasons, but I've spent a, one of those weeks in hospital looking like I should be in a Charlie Chaplin film because I was black and white. Uh, and then oh, the other yeah. week, the other um, week, I've literally just been doing a bit of R and R up at my mum and dad's in uh, North Yorkshire. You did look like Lovely a cast member from Oliver, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had, z- had zero color in my face. Like I was, ne- I was. There, was. there was a white wall behind me at one point when Pat first signed me, and um, I just, I, yeah, I could, I could, I could blend in. Like I could camo into a white wall. At what um, point did you go to your doctor and go, I'm a mental like this? I didn't. It's normal. Did you not? <laughs> I didn't, nah. That's fair. I, uh, think you, I think you look great, mate. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah uh, I, think, I think you know you've gone grey when you happen to refocus and recolour your face by comparing yourself to a, like a completely whitewashed wall. Yeah, <laughs> like it wasn't You, you kept angling your phone up like that. And then coming it down, and then like your face would have colour, and then eventually it would just fade out again. You don't <laughs> keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, so um, so it's been been pretty chill, really. Lot of lot of watching of the Winter Olympics. Um, I've started, well, nearly finished Bob Mortimer's book. Would highly recommend. Uh, one thing that I um, realise is we share the love, the same love of pork pies. Oh. Um, so if we share that love. He didn't get into performing or entertainment till his late twenties, so I've still got time to do that. I, I could basically be Bob Mortimer. I love pies. With regards to pork pies, well. do you just yeah? I was going to say just like the normal pork pies, or do you venture out a bit? Nah, for me, it's a normal mini pork pie. Melton Mowbray, not, like not like the big ones. Yeah, like a Melton Mowbray one. Or they, they do like a four pack in Tesco, which is good. But I actually, um, I had to stop myself from buying pork pies every time I went to Tesco because it honestly became like an obsession. I would find excuses to go to Tesco just to buy pork pies. Yeah, and then you ever had one ca- hot, Jed? Oh, nah, I've never had one hot. It's a bit rogue. Oh, I've had like a big stand pie hot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but like bang, bang a, a Melton Mowbray in, in the oven for a bit. Honestly, like. I wouldn't do it every time, but yeah. No. Absolute staple of um, like village English cricket teas is a like a quarter of a of a pork pie. You just can't be it. It's just yeah. a staple for any like party food too. I abs- I I'm like you, Jed. Absolutely. Like, if you're in the shop and you see a, if you get you can get a two pack, which is quite cheeky, but it's so yeah. easy to eat and just so quick, so good. Big up yeah. Tesco meal deals. They have a two pack as the snack. Oh, they, they do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we uh, the last time I was in, there's a a place in in Newcastle, uh, the Irish Centre. That I go in and watch the Champions League sometimes. Do a nice Guinness, uh, Brad. Um, midweek, if you go in, they often have had a function on, and what they do is all they left over, like sandwiches and sausage rolls and pork pies and stuff that get left over, all get put on the bar. So everyone that comes in to watch the Champions League gets like a pint. And like can help themselves to sandwiches. It's ridiculous. Quarter, honestly, you knee deep in quarter pork pies. Oh, 
Is that the uh, the Irish centre that's located aptly in Chinatown? That that'll be correct. It's the uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the Oriental Chinese centre in Newcastle. Yeah, no, yeah, good spot for a pint. That. Yeah, I mean, if you get a pint and pork pies, I'm there. Yeah, I am there. In cruel um, close relation to pork pies, do you guys eat Scotch eggs? Or I could happily say I've never actually had one. Really? Oh, like a. Absolutely smash up, uh, yeah, yeah. Love a Scotch egg. Shout Rod, out you to make... one picnic eggs. I've never yeah. run out. Picnic Scotch eggs are good. Yeah, yeah. Would recommend. It has every sort of like ingredient where I'd go. Yeah, I'd probably like it, but it's never actually gone. Oh, I'll try one. In third so... year uni, Brad, you you you, you did miss out because we all formed a bit of an obsession for like weird weird meaty picnic snacks and also bar snacks so like I, I i can't tell you when the last time i had one but scampi fries we got through a lot of scampi fries in third year what scampi as fries or scampi and fries no like you know um frazzles you yeah, know those pork little... scotchins oh yeah yeah they're like little bags of like Salt and vinegary, fishy snacks. <laughs> they sound horrendous, but they're really good. Bacon rashers. Yeah, really... The bacon rashers. I know what you mean. Is it like a like a yellow and yellow bag with red at the top? Yeah, it's like yellow yeah. and blue. I think front pub. Oh, yeah, yeah. I bet they do them in Chesman Cricket Club, don't they? Well, we yeah. had some. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what they do. They do that in darts. Funny you say that. League. Darts of the George... sport. Jordan, Jordan behind the bar and us lot playing darts watching Super League. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a time. Um, yeah. What else has happened in my week? Um, last night I watched a Tinder swindler. Oh, was it good? Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, I would definitely recommend. We won't speak about it if you've not watched it, but definitely recommend. It's absolutely mind-blowing. Thoughts on, on an like, idea of what this. we can do is set things to watch and just do a full podcast on that because that deserves a full that deserves a full podcast and so does what's that one we said the other week with the stay close stay close them two deserve their own yeah I need to Pat get on it and we'll talk about it yeah I'll get onto the tennis unbelievable top guy stay close is daft as well yeah Yeah, I still need to finish that Um, one last thing that I've been watching is nothing to declare Australian Border Force. <laughs> Have you watched it on Sky Witness? Can I, that, can is, I, that is can a hazard, go. Can hazard a guess? It's yeah. a lot of people trying to pass food through. Yeah, yeah. Signed. <laughs> Have you got any food in your bag? Yes or no? No. And then they've got a full suitcase of like noodles, dried like no, yeah, like dried meat or like homemade like. Like like delicacies from their like countries where they're from, or like apples and like like bags and bags of seeds, just being like, oh yeah, I'm just bringing over for like my sister who's going to plant them. It's like yeah, well, no, no, you've no. said you've not got any, and you've got a suitcase full of like. Sweets. Well, I've not got any. It's just so random. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, and then they're just like, what? Like, why are you finding me? Yeah, and obviously, there's like some really. Um, Really interesting, like cases of like people like smuggling drugs through like post and stuff like that, like hiding them within stuff. So it is quite interesting, but it's just funny. I mean, I now understand how the Novak Djokovic thing ended up like it did. 
because them boys don't give a fuck. They will just kick anybody out. <laughs> Class. Um, I've got a, an interesting uh, segue on that border force. So my um, my dad used to obviously work, work works worked in Norway and used to go out and see his mates in Texas. Like so, like a few of the lads who were from Norway got re re relocated to Texas. And one year when he went, he like rang him up and he was like, "Lads, what, like what what is it that you want me to bring that you can't get hold of while you're out there?" And they were like, "Oh yeah, um, tin mackerel." And he was like, "What?" <laughs> So my dad checked in an, another piece of luggage and took 200 cans, like little cans of like tin spicy mackerel and like obviously declared it as he went through and then like, they pulled him aside and they're like, right, what have you got in the bag? And he's like, I've got 200 cans of spicy, <laughs> spicy mackerel in a spicy tomato sauce. And apparently they were like well suspicious and like they like they took like um they took one aside and like took the lid off and everything and they were like looking in it to make sure he hadn't like packed drugs into it and all sorts. But, but they were like, you are a strange bloke bringing this amount of fish into Texas. That's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, this is going to be quite rogue as well. What is really nice is a piece of bread with a tin of that tomato mackerel on grilled. It is oh, mate. so fucking good. We used to get that from Aldi, didn't we? Third year we started yeah, getting yeah. that. Yeah. That's something just... my mum would eat. Nice, mate, so nice. Brad, do you like do you like you like fish, don't you? You eat loads of it. Uh yeah. Honestly, get into that. Yeah, my... to be fair, when I live with my mum, she used to always eat it. It's like it's a go-to, isn't it? Quite an easy sort of tea. It's nice even there. Uh, we like get a bit of pasta on, and then like chop chop the mackerel up, and then like stir it through pasta with a sp- to my sp- uh, spicy tomato sauce. It's just unreal. Yeah, yeah would highly recommend. Um, yeah. Pat, how's your week been? Yeah, right. Pretty chilled out. Um, obviously, I haven't been working. It's been quite nice. Uh, Got back to Wales uh, last last week. Saw the family, caught up with them. Um, sort of did some DIY shopping with me uh, with my dad. Quite a funny, uh, quite a funny bloke. He's sort of been clearing out his house and sort of doing stuff up. And um, he was like dead keen that I took everything back with me. So as you can see, uh, this is currently our spare room. Oh, nice. So yeah, so um, full car came back with me, but it's nice to go home. It's nice to stay caught up with a few lads that I went to school with. We all went out for some food and a few drinks. Um, <clears throat> it, it was good to see them. And then the next day, started packing my car. My dad was like, "Right, Patrick, you're gonna need um, gonna need a load of boxes here, aren't you? You know, do you pack?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, 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 dad, definitely." So we went down to the basement, and he's like, "What he's done is he's like stored all these cardboard boxes that've been in the basement, and he's like." bin loads of stuff and he's just got he's got ridiculous amounts of cardboard boxes you can see a few of them behind me and he's like starting to throw these cardboard boxes at me this will do this will do this will do he then throws a box at me yeah and i was like dad i'm not taking this and he hit the roof he hits the roof he's like (laughs) why why are you not taking that box and i unfold right this like five foot long six inches deep box that had a keyboard in it (laughs) I was like, <laughs> what am I going to put in this box? And then for like the next five minutes, he was like, oh, you're so ungrateful. What are you going to do? Like, you can just go and buy your boxes. And I was just like, dad, I'm not taking a, a box for a keyboard. Like, I don't have anything that's five foot long and six inches deep. 
can I can I just can I just human who's absolutely raging as well. I've got something that I'd fit in that box. <laughs> For Class. the viewers, uh, Jed's just showed a. Is it a cardboard cutout? Yeah, a cardboard make sure, cutout. Make sure I don't murder his name. That's Buller. That's Buller. I thought it was Buller, but yeah. Yeah, well, either or. Unreal. But well, yeah. Yeah, so um, he wasn't he wasn't happy. I didn't take all his boxes. But the other thing that we did whilst I was home, which um, big shout out to uh, the tip in Moktra, they've started a shop. I've, I've sort of become a, a sad old man. But it's my local tip's got a shop now where basically they like eye up stuff that they could they could flog, and you just go down and like buy just random pieces of shit basically. So got myself a table for five quid. Buzzing with that, but yeah, nice. Not a lot to be honest. I've just been chilling, um, watching a bit of sport, watching a bit of the uh Winter Olympics, really enjoying the biathlon. Yes, nice. yeah, good sport. It. That, like, I think the mix of skill biathlon is in and biathlon is just absolutely mad. Like, Dude. like the fact that you're going full wax skiing as hard as you can, essentially like sprinting as hard as you can, and then you have to like. Calm your pulse down, calm yourself down, and shoot. It's just nuts. Yeah, yeah. Just I think we like these sort of these sort of sports, especially like with the normal Olympics. Do you reckon we just so invest in it because it's on every four years? Like, you wouldn't want to watch that every every week, would you? But it is on every week. Like, I reckon on like Eurosport, you could watch biathlon most weeks in the winter. It's just no yeah. one's interested. That Eurosport is the. <laughs> Exact place <laughs> you would be able to watch by Athlon every week. That I is love an it. unbelievable <laughs> shout. There'll also be illusion from time to time, maybe a bit yeah. of handball, volleyball. Luge for me, though. Go on, Brad. Sorry, sorry. BT Sport have a few like niche sports where you're like, Why have they got that on, on TV? They have all like the Aussie sports, which is all right. They have like field hockey, which is a little bit niche, but but yeah. I I completely agree with Eurosport being the roguest place for sport. Yeah, it is pretty rogue. I think, like, Luge, though, just going back to that, Jed, like, when you compare the winter sports, Luge, I look at Luge and just think, is that just not the biggest hit and hope sport ever? Like, you just absolutely like it, jump on and think, I hope I, hope I don't die this time. I'd love to give it a go. I'll start off with that. I'd love to give it a go. But they do steer, like you can see their um you see their feet going a bit. Their next moving. <laughs> they must <laughs> yeah. have unreal like their core their core stability must just be stupid. Yeah. I wonder if it's a bit like a skateboard, whereas like, you know, you can kind of like put pressure on each side and like it'll kind of move it to that way. Must do, must do. Yeah. Looks terrifying. Yeah, it does look terrifying. Skeleton also looks terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the Winter Olympics is just the, the home of terrifying sports. Ski jumping, terrifying. I mean, I can ski, but downhill skiing was terrifying. Yeah, it does. That it touches on actually. Uh, one of my one of my points. I was watching the Winter Olympics earlier today, and the first Jamaican alpine skier ever yeah. raced today. He was he was one minute behind the winner. Which is quite, I imagine, a considerable amount of time in skiing. And he said it was the hardest slope he's ever been down. So here's a guy who's probably been down like Reds and 
reds and blues and then gone, right? <laughs> yeah. You're in the Olympics. Put him in. Fair, yeah, he's in history books now, isn't he? He is. He would have had to like hit a uh, qualifying time as well. Yeah, he must have done, but it must be a bit why? like like it must be a bit like sports day where the form comes around to all the form rooms and then like someone's like, Right, who's gonna do shot put? Like and they're like, give it to that person. Like it like I don't like I do I, I do think I, I see what you mean. He must have hit qualifying, but must be weird, like coming from did you see um oh, I forget the lady's name, but the first ever lady from the tropics to win a gold medal, the Australian Muggles jumper. Did you see her run? It's absolutely daft. The Moguls is the most insane sport on the planet. If you get one of them hills wrong, you're in trouble. Oh, you are in trouble, yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah. But you ever been skiing and tried tried Moguls? Yeah. Yeah, they're the single hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I did it where I did it really slowly. Like, probably stopped before I went to hit one and then slowly just went down. But the speed they go down, it honestly, it sends my knees into, into, yeah, aberration sort of thing. It's, yeah, like, I was wa- watching it with my grandma and my mum. And every time someone went down, they'd be like, oh, their knees are going to be absolutely shot by the time they're 35. <laughs> every, every single time, every single you... time someone went down, oh, their knees are going to be, be shot. To be fair, Brad. Brad, we might as well say put moguls. Yeah. Just be like, got nothing to lose, have we? Just strap them up so we can't actually move our knees. Just go down and go. <laughs> that the moguls is like to me is like summer Olympics. Do you know the kayaking where they go down them whitewater kayaking? It's just absolutely mental. It's that like water well going fun. down hundred miles per hour, and they're just doing like UEs and stuff. I quite like I I quite like the kayaking at the Olympics. I think, yeah, that is a decent sport. One one thing I do quite like, and I think I'd like to have a go at in the like not in the sense of like I wouldn't like to throw myself on a luge and just go for it. But like one thing that I think like you could probably get away with having a go and not need to train for curling looks class. Like yeah, how I really fun want to try would it, it be to just be like, oh lads, do you fancy a few beers and an afternoons? curling throwing some stones yeah yeah well, you know, sliding, sliding some, stones. some stones that would be so good it originated in scotland that didn't it did it is that where it started i, I believe is so that why they unless i it? have just absolutely wool pulled it and just that's where I, I'm, Dior and... I'm sure yeah do a Dior. but no every time i put on the olympics that's always on it's always great britain i know the lads won today didn't they did yeah. they win against denmark I saw a yeah. bit of that yeah, I mean, um, we it's kind of um, so yeah. First played approximately late medieval Scotland, just the oh. other. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we've not won a medal yet, and the men's and women's curling is probably going to be the only only uh, opportunity from now. I'm guessing. I don't yeah, think we our, did that. Bob side teams. We had that world champion in the skiing, didn't we? Or was it skiing or snowboarding? The one, um, the girl. Yeah, I'm not sure actually. The the skiing slope style is called Kirsty Mule. Is it the really young one from yeah. Scotland? Yeah, she's still to go actually in the slope style. Oh, is she? Which is a, a mental like 
the slope style and the half pipeline, the big air, how the commentators know what degrees of turning they're doing. Like they just watch it and just say, oh yeah, that was like a 1440 double cork. And I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? Like it just looks like they've just done a spin. All like five spins just look the same to me, especially down the half pipe. Like when they're all like a very similar degree of turns. Yeah. One thing I like one thing that I I've, I didn't clock when I first watched that half pipe stuff was um like once the lad like sort of knew he'd got a banging score, like on his like third run he was just like, nah, I can't be asked. Like you just sort of like threw in the towel. Or like a few of them were going down and like they'd had like they'd do their first couple of tricks and you could tell that they're like, nah, I'm not even gonna come near the winner here. So they just canned it. Like uh um thingy white, the Sean White. Sean White. Like he was yeah. yeah, he he was coming down and like at one point I think he just was like, nah, I sack that off. Like I haven't even I'm like I'm not even close to winning here. So he just threw it in at like really early doors. It was his last ever race, but well last ever um uh, Olympics, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um but the fact that the uh, the slope is in the middle of a massive industrial site also baffles me. <laughs> Did you see the big air? Yeah, the, what? Yeah. <laughs> Next the to a nu- that... nuclear power plant that looks like it's from Simpsons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Built on the site of an old steelworks. Next to a power, <laughs> next to a power plant. <laughs> right, and what I loved is like the big cooling towers. They made them look like a bit less suspicious by spray painting from Beijing 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah, this is normal. This is normal. No other snow anywhere. Yeah. Like, we just, I just have to just mention this that why, why has the Winter Olympics been given to a city that has an average of two centimeters of snow per like winter or per Start, month or yeah, whatever it is? Not start, enough. Starts with M and rhymes with honey. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Everything really, everything's now just going to these ridiculously rich nations, like yeah, even Newcastle. I know, yeah. It's just bonkers. Like, why is like the Qatar World Cup has had to ch- go from the summer to winter, and even then the conditions might be too hot to play football. And it's just it's yeah. stuff that's well over our head. In, well, obviously, well over what our is, head, but you can't even what fathom. What is too hot to play football though? For me. Anything. I mean, yeah. <laughs> 12. Yeah, get me in net, I'll be all right, but anything other than that. I think for, for professionals, if it's touching 30 or above, you're yeah. going to have to ask some questions. Yeah, they're going to have to play like quarters or something silly like that. Or... Have you heard Look, like they're going to, they're thinking about putting like air conditioning systems into the stadiums themselves? Like, you know, something's just, wrong. It's there. just not sustainable. <laughs> Like, I think that's like probably, environmental. Yeah, I think that's one of the the lesser issues with regards to the stadiums being built at the minute. So <laughs> regarding air conditioning, I think there's more yeah. more humanitarian issues on oh, what's actually yeah. happening. But it's like obviously touches allegedly. on allegedly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah, kind of touches allegedly. on what's happened with so like Adidas have dropped Kurt Zuma after his cat stuff, but then. They're single-handedly sponsoring the World Cup, and you've got to be like this double-edged, double-edged swords. There, really, in your decision making. 
Yeah. I personally think anyway, I think Yeah, one of them into Yeah, it's one of them. Um all right, just whilst we're talking Olympics, speed skating, is it the cycling of the Winter Olympics? What as in like the velodrome cycling? Yeah, it just really, really reminds me of cycling. I think it is probably the closest, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like especially like in the um in the relays where they push each other and then in the cycling you can like fling each other, can't you? Yeah, yeah. And like the fact that they get so close and it's very skillful. Is it yeah. impressive sport? It's ridiculous, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. The other thing like is then um... thirty miles an hour they're going or something like that, aren't they? Absolutely rinsing it. I didn't um I didn't appreciate like I was watching it with my dad at the time and he just turned to me and like there's a Dutch lady that came on and he said, Oh, she'll win it. The Dutch always win this. And I was like, that is some unreal knowledge to just have. Like guy never watches winter sports. He's just like Dutch always win this, don't they? And I was like, It's common knowledge up. And he was like there's loads of canals that you can practice on, isn't there? And they will freeze over. And I was like, no, I, don't, I don't see that logic, if I'm honest. Do you know what he's done there? He's just old man, yeah. He's gone. Yeah, he has. old man. <laughs> he's going to say absolutely nothing man. about it. Is, um, is the skill of old man in someone something you learn? Or is it just ingrained in you? And does it just like, is it just like the male menopause? It just get you to get to a certain age and it just switches. It, just it, grows over, it grows over time and it's dependent on how many kids you have and stuff like that. So it's kind of like driving into you can kind of drive like a dad where you put your arm behind the when you reverse it, you put your arm, <laughs> yeah. arm behind the yeah. <laughs> so there's definitely something in the old like in men where the older they get, the more sort of at risk other people are to be an old man on a daily basis. Yeah. I think it is experience. I also think, like, as I've got older, I've just learned to laugh. Like, like a, a 14, 15-year-old me would have been like, shut up, Dad. That's, like, that's daft. Like, you've not even blamed it on anything. But, like, now I just laugh it off because I'm like, it's not that. <laughs> I just listen and go. I'll, I'll probably take note of that and just let it let it sit for or, and learn from it. I'll bank that for a later date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... I've just got a f- one. I know I said that was final about the skates, this uh, the speed skating, but I have actually got something I want to want to bring up with the biathlon. Does it not seem a bit random to you? I don't think shooting's a winter sport. Well, it's not a summer sport, is it? Like, hit, hit me really out. See. Something a bit more winter. Instead of shooting at targets, you throw snowballs at targets. <laughs> so at every at every of the little places with the targets is just a pound of snow, like a mound of snow. Make your snowballs whack. <laughs> That'd make it more winter. It I think it would be funny if you could have then if you if we if if this was the amendment you're going to make to biathlon, I'd have like team biathlon where you all <laughs> skied like around a course, but you started at the midpoint, and then like there'd be adjudicators, and like if you got hit to the face, that would be like a direct shot on the point point to yeah. one of the teams. Like Imagine mass, seeing like a Russia face off against like Georgia. In that, it'd be yeah. it was just unreal. What that would be good telly and good sport. That's how that's how we could settle the Russia Ukraine thing. 
they could have a cross-country uh, snowball fight. <laughs> cross-country skiing Team snowball fight. Actually across the border. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seen by one. Yeah. So, I mean, my only uh, jipe with the Winter Olympics has been solved the change by off to cross-country skiing snowball fights. Just new just new sport, just like alongside biathlon half. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh yeah, I agree. As in like, no, yeah. I would be stupid. Start the position, Jed. I will definitely sign it. Yeah, I will do. All our listeners can uh, sign it, so we'll have three or three signatures by the end of next week. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, so I think it's now time to go into one of our segments of top three sportsmen. Now, with this, are we going to go all time or are we going to go within our sort of realm of understanding sport? Because you could reel off some ancient names which have done mad things, but... Do you think do you think it's your top three sports people in terms of, yeah. like, three people that have been most influential on you? Oh, oh. right. Oh, that's a curveball. Can't, can't say the goalpost now. I think I'd go the three most influential and probably best at the sport they were in. Yeah. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, so okay. can, uh, this has come about because Tom Brady's retired between our last podcast and this podcast. And obviously people refer to him as the greatest of all time NFL player, which is unrivaled. But I was thinking, is he the best sports person of all time? He's 44 now and still still doing it. So... Brad, go on. Give us your list. Yeah, well, I just thought of my first one and then I'm actually just contemplating. So first I went Tiger Woods, but then I'm not sure if I'd actually put Jack Nicholas over, over him. I'd probably go Tiger Woods. I think he revolutionised the sport a bit more than... Oh, that's a bit, a bit difficult to say. So, I've got, yeah, Tiger Woods, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. And then Michael Phelps. Nice. Nice, I like that. And for a is side it... note, I'll let you two do yours first. I've always already I've done a UK list, which is very, very rogue, but Yeah, I, I was gonna I've... say no, I, I wanna hear your, your UK I reckon list. I've I reckon I've smashed it. So Lewis Hamilton. Yep. Phil the Power Taylor. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Ronnie O'Sullivan. Yeah, I mean, these two massive names were missing off for me, but I do like the film of Power Taylor. For sure. I think it's more of what they've done for sport. Hamilton's just like kind of a no-brainer. I don't even like Hamilton. and I'd no, Hamilton, the Hamilton's the one that I've got on my English list, to be fair. Um, I think Phil Taylor and Manuel Sullivan just kind of enigmas of the sport at the time and I think revolutionised it to a level of kept the sport going. I've only also been at the minute single-handedly keeping snooker alive. Yeah. As yeah dead as it is, to be fair. Go on, Jed. Let's have your list. Um, so, I've uh, because you've mentioned before you've done two lists, I also have got two lists, but I'm more confident in my UK one than my uh, abroad one. I've tried to do it for things that I kind of know about. Um so mostly cricket and rugby. Um, so in my UK one, I've got James Anderson. I mean, speaks for itself. Best English bowler of all time. Best pace bowler of all time. Still doing it at the age he is now. Like, 
I think Viv has not been named in the West Indies tour. England are really, really going to miss somebody that can actually hold up an end because the past few years, whereas you'd usually look to a spinner to hold up an end and dry up some runs, we've looked at a late 30-year-old medium-fast swing bowler, uh, which just shows how good he is, I think. Uh, second one, James Roby, 19th year, uh, St. Helens Hooker, what a player. Nothing else needs to be said. My third one was Lewis Hamilton. Um, quick note on that. Have you got a fetish for the name James? Or um, <laughs> I, I did. I, yeah, I, I, I did think that. No, I haven't. All right. Um, I go and watch your broad list. We'll t- so, so I'm writing these down, then we'll kind of yeah. like touch on them and okay. break them um, apart a bit. Abroad. I mean, I've not been in this NFL for ages, but Tom Brady is in there just because like his numbers are just ridiculous. He's won yeah. more Super Bowls than any other team in the history of NFL, which I think is mental. Uh, second, Cameron Smith. If you just look at his numbers and what he's achieved in the game, the rugby league, especially in origin and for the Storm. And my third one, a bit rogue, but um, I think he he didn't transform the position of a wicketkeeper batsman but he took it and then was just completely ridiculous. And then when he just turned into a batter, he was even better. Kumar Sangakara. Ooh, massive shout. Yeah, I like that. I think you were going to like one of my, a couple of my internationals then, Jed, on that basis. Yeah. Kumar Sangakara, shout. what a player. What a player, unbelievable player. Obviously, like, Sash, yeah, like Sachin Tendulkar, also amazing player. And like Merrily Warney, but... For me, um, I just I just preferred Kumar because I think he's a top bloke. Very yeah, good commentator is. as well. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, really good shout. I like them. Jed, uh, sorry, Pat, can I take your list? What, what shall I do? I'll do my international list first then. So um, my international list actually has two cricketers on, uh, which I never thought I'd, I'd actually say that, but... I've gone for one obvious one and one rogue one, and this is more for their influence on me. Um, But my top spot, rogue, but my top spot's going to be Jack Hallis, um, South African all-rounder. Like He tops some of the world's bowling stats and also some of the world's batting stats as well. So all-round sort of, if you want to learn how to play good cricket, watch Jack Hallis. Um, And sort of on the topic of learning cricket, my other top spot but but this this is actually sort of number three there's a there's a there's a other sportsman wedge between the two taught me how to bat not that i can bat like him not that i bat like him now um not that i'll ever bat like him Sebastian Tendulkar. good luck spelling that stuff um and then sandwich so it's eligible sandwich between the two of them um is michael jordan yeah. yeah. For his baseball days or his basketball? Basketball days. Oh, okay. <laughs> just <laughs> just to confirm. Yeah. I mean, Brad, you would be the, the bloke that calls out being more inspired by his baseball. Um, <laughs> he just loves days. an underdog. He just loves an underdog, but hates Newcastle and everything <laughs> about them at the moment. <laughs> He loves an underdog until they're in direct competition to a team he actually supports. Yeah. That's true. That is true. Go on. Have you got a UK list, Pat? 
Yeah, so my UK list is um, boring. I'm I'm sorry, but uh, Alan Shearer. Yeah. Johnny Wilkinson. And Bradley Wiggins. Not oh, Bradley Cunningham. Yeah, Wiggins is actually a good shout. I didn't think about you're quite into your cycling, though, aren't you? Yeah, I thought, like, don't get me wrong, Bradley Wiggins is not the greatest cyclist of all time. Like, he, he hasn't won sort of things and he hasn't demonstrated sort of the, some of the, like, like the physical prowess of some of the guys who cycle now. But, like, he got people into cycling. I know that sounds really daft, but, like, in 2012, when he won the Tour de France, and then, you're right, Jez. Jed's gone for a little buff again. <laughs> Jed's thrown his uh, tablet around. When he won, when he won, when he won the Tour de France in um, in uh, the summer of 2012, and then came back to the UK and won gold. Like it was just that, like that got people in, interested in cycling. I thought. Yeah, you know, he did a lot for the sport. So what's interesting about our a broad list, as in I've gone for three sports where it's just one person, and you've all gone for team sportsmen. That's quite interesting. Is, yeah. I I really liked your Michael Phelps suggestion actually, Brad, because like, ah, yeah, I liked swimming growing up and I swam a lot growing up, but like, I never really saw it as like I never really watched like pros and I was like in awe of them. But I remember when Michael Phelps won all them. Was that at Beijing two thousand and eight when he won all them? Yeah, I was he doing like eight or something. It's daft. I remember the B- I'll never forget like the BBC did a like a thing on the news where they laid out everything that he ate in a training day and it was daft like yeah. it was he ate something like 14,000 calories a day like for lunch he was having like two pizzas four lucas aids just absolutely getting them down and and he was an absolute machine to be fair to him yeah i think po- main points of my list is who you knew if they were like lining up or or if they were like playing sort of thing you knew they were just so far ahead of all the competition. Yeah. yeah. Tiger Woods is a bit of an anomaly because he went up and down. But when Tiger Woods was in his prime, he was un- un- unplayable. Floyd Mayweather, yeah. undefeated, so he can't really say anything. And then, probably again, like the Olympics with Phelps, you just knew if he was swimming, he'd just be a second or two ahead of everyone. Yeah. I mean, somebody who I've just thought of who you could definitely fit in that list. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his surname, but Khabib. Nurgamedov. Yeah. Something Nerg- like that. No, there's another like barrel in it, so it's like Nurgamedov. So, um, what yeah, do you want yeah, to do earlier? Yeah. Oh, go on, sorry, mate. I think with Khabib, I think it's his longevity. Like, he was in quick, beat who he needed to beat, and then just left. He, he, yeah. There was no one like upcoming where he wanted to sort of fight. Nurmagomedov, that's it. Yeah, I mean, one, one thing, thing that I'm... Go on, uh, Jad, sorry, mate. Sorry, really disappointed in our list is that it's all males. Yeah, I, I, that's... Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, you could put Serena Williams definitely in there. Why, why don't we do yeah. next week, we do top, top, top women, top women in, yeah. in our yeah. top three? Yeah. Put Ronda Rousey in there, definitely, for the part she played in UFC anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, one that automatically came to my mind was Meg Lanning, the Australian cricketer. Yeah. 
She averages over 50 in ODIs, which is mental. That's nuts. nuts. One thing I was going to do, and I was just realised thinking about these uh, top three, I just want to read out some of the stats that Jack Callis, right? Some of his records, right? Just a little. We have gone all Radio 4. No, no, no. I like it. So, most most um, colour to the uh, podcast. Most player of the matches awards, the first. Yep. Most third most runs in the career, second fastest to thirteen thousand runs, second most fifties in the career, second most sixes in their career, third best strike rates in the innings, uh, most career catches, third most career catches ever. That's mental to say he's not even a wicketkeeper. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Was he captain though? Has he placed himself there? Yeah, but still. No, no. I think that's obviously. He knows he can catch and he's placed himself in a position where his bowl is going to make them strike there. Do you know what I mean? That is good. Yeah. And like, what a run of form. He came second in hundreds in consecutive matches. He scored 105 consecutive matches. ODI. That's mental. That is mental. Not disputing that, Pat, if if that influences you. Yeah, he's not (laughs) like, he's one of those players that he's an all-rounder, but his batting stats and his bowling stats are that of a world-class cricketer. Obscene, yeah. Like he could have just bat, like he could have just batted or just bowled, and he would have still, yeah, been world-class. Unbelievable. That's good. That is really good. Pat, you're the only one that not to have Lewis Hamilton in the list. Yeah, I mean, I've only recently. When I say recently got into F1, I wouldn't say I'm massively into it now. Um, I think I'm more into Drive to Survive than I am to F1, if I'm completely honest. But That's fair. I still watch it. I think like I think he's done good for the sport that he's done. Like I don't really have an opinion on him. I don't. I don't think Elevin. But I also don't, I don't look at him and I'm like, oh, you like you've done things. I think what's quite good is like he's done a lot for um, like black people in sport but he's also done a lot for people who like haven't come from like rich backgrounds like he talks a lot about like what his dad gave up to put him like to get let him go like getting into go-karting and I think like one thing that I think he like should definitely beat the drum more about is like there's so many sports out there that kids can only play because their parents are willing to put loads of money into it and I think like you know I think that's really important that's something I, I, I would back but no he did make my list but that's just because I like cricket more than I like a ball. Yeah, fair. Right. Are we going to move on to the the reason we're all here? Rugby Bloody League. Rugby League is Pat. Pat, do you know about Rugby League? <laughs> yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm trying to make an effort. No, so I watched the Catalan game on Friday night and I watched the all stars game on Sunday morning and an all stars, so that was good. Enjoyed mm-hmm. that. What did you think of the um, first? I've probably touched on the game of the weekend, which is definitely not Salford v Castleford, but probably the Maori All Stars v Indigenous Indigenous All Stars, mainly for the first 15 20 minutes of the broadcast. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, um, for a single game the passion and just like the respect is just unrivaled. Like 
the 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 Aboriginal war dance and and the hacker. I know um, they did a slightly different hacker. Uh, I can't really, I can't remember the the reason, but it it was good. Um, it was like to do with a different tribe, I think. Um, yeah. But it was just mental. Like every year, that game to open the NRL season is just like insane. I know they've so, been doing it for four years, but it's close. yeah. Well, it's definitely better than when they used to do just like the World All Stars. It's definitely got a yeah. lot more meaning. You're definitely right there. I think also the Indigenous War Dance. They normally do like a circle, like a huddle, and then one person comes from the root of it, sort of thing. But this time, everyone had sort of um, the spears, and everyone was sort of like involved. And there's like a the commentator pitching it like worded it perfectly. So in what the on what that, what that specific dance meant, and yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like it's especially because it's not it's not rep footy, it's not club footy, but the passion is genuinely unmatched in in comparison to even international footy. Like it's just completely different sort of route into into like their sort of upbringing. And I've never I've never seen that before as well. So I've never seen a Indigenous Australian like war dance before a game. Like, do you think just could you see the Australians adopting that at a national level and sort of taking that forward or not? No. Because it's too, like, I think there's too much history behind it. It's too, like, segregated between sort of cultures. I might yeah. be wrong, but... I mean, I think... Looking... Well, go on, sorry, Jen. I think one thing I did love about the game, like, a bit like what you are saying, Brad, is, like, to be honest, like, these lads, like, they're, and they're not playing for their club. It's pre-season. They're, some of them are probably, like, like if, before, you know, any anyone in their right mind would just want to sort of bit self-preservation isn't it you don't want to you don't want to get like done in in that that game before the season kicks off so you sort of don't expect it to get as physical as it, as it is but like they get stuck in and it, I thought like like you said the passion I thought was brilliant um and it was good a good little introduction sort of seeing some of these lads that I've not to be honest got sort of seen or, or watched before it's decent yeah I mean there were some bit there were definitely some uh some situations where some biffs could have kicked off yeah, yeah, more than was, one occasion too. Yeah, a huge hit in the first. Was it the first half? Like, yeah. lad got a shoulder charged into touch. The crowd were getting stuck in and everything. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, and even even in, it was absolutely chucking buckets down there, and even the skills on the show was was something to behold. So, no, I think that was a good 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 way to. It kind of linked into Super League kicking off this week that sort of breaking the ice sort of thing, which I thought was good. I think another key point for the weekend of rugby league was the start, the inaugural Channel 4 showings of games. So it was the first Super League game on terrestrial TV, which was mega. Did you watch it, boys? Uh, Yeah, I did. Pat, did you? I didn't. I think I was away at this point. You were busy, weren't you? Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I think um, having Adam Hills as presenter, uh, it's a thought that I probably, I mean, you could you can call bullshit on this, but I definitely have thought like because I know he plays PDRL, yeah, uh, loves his rugby league. Obviously, as a presenter, I have thought why has nobody kind of snapped him up? But and then I also thought that no rugby league decision in this country has actually made sense up yeah. to up to this point. Um, so I think that's a great start. Um, but what a game! Oh, like 
Yeah. What an advertisement for, for the best game in the world. I think the whole programme was just like one big show of what rugby league's about sort of thing. So I think firstly touching on the show, like the inclusivity of what they were talking about, everything, not just the men's game, the like there's a women's uh, prop who plays for Leeds. She was like, obviously doing the commentary. So he just like kind of answered everything that rugby league's about, which was just kind of a bit of magic to be fair. And then the game was just everything rugby league is really, wasn't it? Yeah, they picked an absolute uh, corker to go on. But I just hope that it's a bit of a turning point for, for rugby league. I know the stats that have been released, it kind of averaged out, was it 519,000 viewers? That was average, yeah. Yeah, that was more than the grand final gone Sky Sports last year. Yeah, um, which which is just mental. Like, people, if people watch that game, like, and don't like it, they're just insane. Especially compared to that shower of shite that was the England Italy game today, because that was ridiculously boring. I know. Oh, yeah. I I kind of well, I'd say I'd hate I hate comparing the two, but it's just something that's probably ingrained in every rugby league player's mantra of why the sport isn't growing because you can't really understand why the sport's growing when probably the second or third biggest sport in the country is rugby union, which is just a shower of shit in comparison, in, in my personal opinion. But, but yeah. I don't, the, uh, yeah. Obviously, Brad, I'm not going to completely agree with you, Brad, but I think like, yeah, if you were directly to contrast some of the Super League games to that England game this weekend, it was embarrassing. Like, but, just on more broadly on the point around being shown on terrestrial TV and watching TV, like I do think it's getting to the point where it's getting quite tricky to like Sky have some sports, like some decent games on, but like you know, we've just bought an old game pass, like there's like it's getting spread a little bit too thin over so many different providers, but it's like, well, who do you, who do you choose? Like, like yeah. you have to have really specific. Interest like I know loads of people who've sacked off um, Sky Sports for BT and Premier Sports now because they just much yeah. prefer the games on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think Sky's focus is very much heavily on what half five kickoffs are for football on a Saturday, and then sometimes Friday night, sometimes Monday night, and then both games on the Sunday. And that's them yeah. probably covers all their bills. Obviously, they have some of the cricket, bit of the darts, bit of. Like they even lost pretty much the big boxing sort of contract. So the communication. F1's massive for Sky as well. Oh, yeah. Huge. Oh, yeah. yeah. F1. But even F1 now is on Channel 4, isn't it? Not the live races and all like. Oh, is the live race exclusive to Sky? I think so. I think like what what's like a scary prospect is like when. You know, when Amazon bought all the Boxing Day football games and like yeah. you just went on to Amazon Prime and it was literally like, which which game do you want to pick? They're all online. Yeah. You can watch them all when you, whenever you want. Like, Do you want to watch it from gonna... the start or do you want to watch it live? Yeah, like, and like they've even got like a thing now where they can you can just choose the event you want to skip to. So it'd be like, right, they scored in the 23rd minute. So like the game kicks on from there. So like you can just like... I don't know. I just think sports probably going to head that way. So you're going to, I wouldn't be surprised if you end up getting like a number of streaming services that like one of them just does football. One of them just does rugby. One of them does cricket. I'd pay for that though. I'd love to do that. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Um, 
But touching back so, on them, touching back on them viewing numbers, particularly for the the sport of rugby league, like Sky's figures for rugby league, like they're happy to get two hundred thousand. So obviously that's three hundred thousand difference just for it to be on. So well, you say free to air, but just to be on Channel Four, one of the first five channels is is massive to be, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so coming out of the first first round of games, uh, one thing that I just want to side point, uh, I thought the crowd attendances at the games looked strong. I know it's first game of the season, so it might be a bit might be a bit uh, skewed, but I mean, I know Castleford had over ten thousand there. So did Saints. So did Leeds. So. That's yeah, good. No, yeah, I, well, I completely agree. Um, I was at the Casper game. There's, there's a lot there. They were quiet, which was interesting. But I like you, Salford fans, mate. No, well, you'll visit it this year, and you go. Actually, they are quite loud. Um, but oh, yeah, the turnout did look good. I think it was a bit disappointed in Toulouse. I think they only got like five thousand. Considering... Still restrictions over there, though. Not sure. I'm not sure. I think there's, def- there's definitely restrictions on ability to play, being vaccinated and stuff. But I think even even if he's at fifty percent, they must have what a twenty five, a fifteen thousand or twenty thousand seat stadium. If you see, the yeah. stadium's massive, so so I know in England v Italy today that was fifty percent capacity, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, there's only thirty thousand yeah. there. Yeah, but so um, the question. Go on. The question I was going to ask is, what are your thoughts going out of the first the first round of games? What uh, what team surprised you? What teams? I know obviously Salford would will be up there for you, but um, yeah, just got any thoughts? Mind? Uh, I think Saints surprised me of how they just stepped up another gear, which is just the boys a bit ridiculous. I'd say like the, not their weak link last year, but they had to bring sort of like a kid off the bench if Roby got tired. Now they've got Joey Lussick, who's probably NRL standard. So they're probably just getting stronger and stronger, if anything. Um, so that, that it probably didn't surprise me. Well, it did surprise me, but then probably in reality, you should have just kind of understood that. Um, I thought Warrington and Leeds were a bit meh. It is, it's difficult on the first game of the season. I think Toulouse are going to have a really long season. Um, I'd be surprised if they won more than four, five games. Uh, How do you fancy um, Huddersfield's chance? Like, like, obviously, strong show against a team that's going to have a long season. But like, where do Huddersfield come? Like, if if Saints were playing or Wigan were playing against uh, Toulouse, would it have been a similar scoreline or worse? Do you think? Oh, probably. Oh, if it was Saints, honestly, they'd. They could put 60, 70 past them. Yeah, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see. Um, one thing that I'd say on Saints is that, as a obviously Saints fan, um, I wasn't worried, but a bit apprehensive when two really experienced top players like Lachlan Coote and Theo Farge leave and are replaced by... Um, Wellsby at one and Dodd at seven. I know they're great players and uh, they've got very bright futures ahead of them. But obviously, just putting so much pressure on two young lads in two such vital positions, I thought they were absolutely outstanding. 
Yeah, I agree with you there. So if that's a sign of things to come, yeah, I agree. Saints are going to go to a different level. Um, made some good signings as well. Yeah, I feel like Dodden, Wellsby, I know they're in like pivotal positions, but what they've got around them is just just at such a different level compared to other Super League clubs that I don't see it too much of an issue. Wellesley's played, what, first for first team for the last like two years. Dodds just just about just came in, came in at the back end of last year. So I don't I don't think there'll be too much of a of a worry. Um Yeah, I think Saints are such a smart outfit that they wouldn't have let Coot and Farge go if they didn't have um confidence. No. And your comments on Huddersfield, I hope they get relegated, but they probably won't. No, I don't think don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> Unfortunately um, not. I was um, happy with, not happy, like, I think Super is a better place when Leeds are going well. And um, I know they lost, but I think they showed a lot of promise. I mean, they were down to 11 men at one point. They were yeah. playing with less than 13 for 60 minutes of the game. They didn't have their first choice halfback. Richie Myler got injured, like, a quarter of the way into the game. And they, they really ran a wire side that should have absolutely spanked them. Uh, yeah, no, I completely agree. So I think good things going to happen at Headingley this year. I think Wyatt looks a bit disjointed to say that they've not really got that many uh, new players in key positions. Yeah, how did you no, think the? Um, how did you think the NRL boys though went for the Catalan, the Catalan on Thursday night? Um. Pace was quiet. I think Dylan Narp was really good until he took Percival's head off. Um, Tyrone May, oh, I think probably ship bloke, ship player sort of thing. So. Yeah. Um, I think Napa just wanted uh, wanted five weeks of uh, going for them. European crumpets? Them European crumpets, so he just wants to get in there early. Um I think Pierce is a seven, not a six. I think that's going to be their main problem this year, that they've got two sevens playing. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how in the NRL, there's a lack of good halfbacks. <laughs> and then Catalan have got <laughs> two NRL, probably standard halfbacks playing, um, which I think is quite funny. Uh, I don't know. I think James Maloney is obviously... I thought Pierce would have been better than Maloney was. Uh, and it might just take him a while to get... Um, get integrated into the team and, and get firing on all cylinders. But yeah, I just don't think having too organised is, is probably the best best thing for Catalan. Yeah. Did you watch much of Tyrone May when he came on? Or? Oh, I mean, I mean, I saw him come on, get injured, go off. He didn't, didn't really do injured. much, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, I, I genuinely don't know. I, well, I, didn't, I watched much, I watched quite a bit of him in NRL, considering I watched most of the games last year. And it's just the same in Super League. Normally, when NRL players come over, Pat, you normally see them absolutely rip and tear. They go one or two way, I think, because some are absolutely rubbish. Yeah, we. Yeah, I agree. Like, from Salford's example... There's massive flops. There is, yeah. I think that that is lessening a bit. I think last two, three years, there's not been many props unless it's been like attitude problems. Salford yeah. had a lad come over called Tim Lafay. He'd been over for like four weeks. Played on Friday and he was absolutely unreal. 
in centre. So yeah, and he he didn't play for the he didn't play all last year in the NRL. Yeah, I think the better the bigger clubs, or I think some clubs are smarter than others of who they bring over. Catalan views have been pretty good, so yeah. I don't doubt that. Come what with uh, Featherstone Rovers being the smartest of all the clubs to bring for who they brought. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. They're the smartest rugby league club in the country. There's been smart, um, and there's been Featherstone Rovers, Walpole smart. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Smartest, like smartest establishment ever. Yeah, I mean, I'd go as far to say as smartest sporting sporting business in the country. Yeah. When they rang, when they rang that these players they brought over, they've gone, "Aye, it's Brian McDermott from the Rovers." So they've gone, "Oh, what Rovers?" Go, yeah, it's the Rovers. So when they've been googling <laughs> pre- Super All League Kings team, they've Rovers. gone, "All Kings and Rovers, isn't it?" Yeah, <laughs> come on over. You know when you hear about people getting into trouble, like buying stuff that's fake, and like, yeah, you know, like like fake crypto that people plant like hundreds of thousands of their savings into, like. Joey Lee Lewis like sits in sits in that like category of person, doesn't he? Like he's not Googled them, he's not looked up anything, he's just got on a flight and landed in the north of England and been like, What have I done? He's Brian McDermott, the rugby league swindler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. Is it gonna be a Netflix stock on this? <laughs> Joey Lewis sitting, I want I want Netflix to like deliberately put him in like like Featherston's smallest house, like like, yeah. like a From... ridiculously small house. Nah, I want him From... sat in a greasy spoon, doing you know, like a <laughs> yeah. breakfast cafe, white and red interior, and it just starts off with just him just sat down or just walking through sitting down and then going, so it all started. With a call from Brian McDermott. Yeah, from from Sydney to Featherstone. What actually happened to, to Joey Lua? That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've not got much else to say on rugby league. No, um, no, I think it's been a good start. I think come back to be probably next Sunday when Salford play Toulouse. Moods yeah. maybe change. If we get beat, I won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just buzzing for the NRL season to start as well. Yeah, I think depending on how much investment you are in on a rugby league team in the UK, kind of shapens how much you actually love the NRL. So, like, if you're not that bothered about a team in England but love rugby league, the NRL is absolutely perfect because it's 10 times faster, 10 times harder. It's just, I think it probably passion-wise, I think you get it a bit more in the UK because of the fans and stuff. But like I was saying to some of the boys on Friday, because like after the win, I was like, some of them Aussie, Aussie lads like Brodie Croft, they'd never seen a fan base be that mental at the end of a game, like singing songs and stuff. Because you, really, you don't really see it in Australia, do you? And the only time you see it is when like the boys are coming down watching someone on debut or something. Yeah, it's always funny that like when there's like like, like 10, 15 lads <laughs> yeah. in the crowd. Was it Charlie Staines when he scored four on uh, debut for for Penrith and everyone just went absolutely mental? That Zach Sini had it too, didn't he? Yeah. For West Tigers. 
Yeah, like yeah. they find that mental. But if they came over to the UK and watched, the fans just go because, like, the fans are like that every week, aren't they? Pretty much. Yeah. Well, Brad, uh, Jed, we once watched together. Was it an Eels game where they were playing in what looked like a like a high school pitch, and there was just like uh, folks like walking their dogs next to the game, and like it's like tiny little place. Yeah. So like every Eels. weekend. Uh, the NRL have like an away game, um, so they take them to like out of city, like well, out of like the main cities, like cities and towns. So the one we watched, uh, I don't know who it was. Uh, they were playing in Dubbo, which is like right. a city like inland, uh, and but yeah, they always play on like community pitches where it's basically just like grass banks. But like the turn, they are the games that are absolutely mental. Uh, yeah, and the turnouts are always class. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's fair. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on, boys? Obviously, covered the Olympics, rugby league. Good talk, Six Nations. Yeah, I think we could touch oh, on that. Ro- what? Could we do it in 30 seconds? France looked really good. Ireland looked all right, too. Scotland looked quite... It's quite nice to see got Scotland doing well. Wales didn't look very good, and England looked shit. Uh, uh, Scotland lost against Wales yesterday. I was going to say that could be true until you look at yesterday's results. Yeah, I must. Right, so watching the Scotland game yesterday against Wales, I just think Scotland weren't clinical and didn't like and missed out on a lot of opportunities. And and I think that the Welsh just got the better of them. Like, I like (sighs) losing a lot of people here, a lot of potential listeners, and obviously being Welsh. maybe some friends uh, like I didn't think Wales looked like the best team on the pitch nah, and should I tell you what I think I cannot wait until Wales play England and Wales step it up by 20% like Scotland did last week because everyone hates the English that much that they play so much better against us yeah yeah, I mean Scotland. That's the annoying didn't thing look, about the Six Nations. Yeah, I mean Scotland didn't look the team they were last week. Like that's the thing. Like Scotland were, the t- I'd, I'd argue, were probably the better team yesterday. But I do still think that they played like they played miles better the week before against England. Was it in Cardiff? Think... Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. yeah, it was in Cardiff. I think. I think the game, one thing that'll be a good game, like England don't look great, I'll be honest. Like I don't think they're the strongest team of six, but I think they could cause an upset and beat France. I think they could do it quite convincingly. I don't know. England do like to turn up a little bit against France. Yeah. Get battered I mean, gonna, by Ireland, though. Yeah. I'm going to put my head, at, head uh, above the trenches and say French Grand Slam. I'm feeling it. Do you think? Yeah. That'd be a scary prospect for next World Cup for French for yeah. the Grand Slam. France, France also to win next year's World Cup. You've heard it. 13th of February 2022. France going to win the World Cup in 2023. I was right. Yeah, about Gerard getting the band back together. I'll be right about this as well. Yeah, it we didn't can... work today, did it? We'll bookmark um... this. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... they look really good, France. Yeah, yeah, they do. I think. To be fair, I, I tried to watch. France for Ireland yesterday and struggled a bit because I think mean, France are really good, but they just nullify everything, don't they? I think that's, that's what they're good at. Rugby, yeah, dogged, just, no, I think proper... that's dogged rugby league defence coaching from Sean Edwards. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I think that's what I struggled to watch because, to be fair, I struggle watching the Irish too because they're a bit just very static, very slow, just play for penalties and kick you to death. They didn't have sense to know that didn't help. 
Sexton, I think, was like different level last last week. Was it? Yeah. 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 Is there a game so. next week or is it the gap next week? Gap. Great week next weekend. Alright. And then So next week rugby league to look forward to. You sound heartbroken at that, Brad. Prospect no, I... in the rugby union on next week. Mate, to be fair, I used to be a massive rugby union fan, especially like England internationals, and then it just died. Probably when I went to university, really. But I think a lot when I used to watch it when I was younger, a lot of it was literally just based on the draw of who you got home and away. If you get Still France, think it and, is to be honest. If you get France and Ireland yeah, at home, is. you're in a very, very good chance of winning it. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're England, because going to Wales and Scotland is probably the worst thing you can be doing. Yeah, yeah. I think probably um, this year's Six Nations was, deter- was probably determined by France Island yesterday. Now, if that was yeah, in Dublin, agreed. Ireland would probably well. It's all hypothetical, isn't it? But yeah, um, just want to touch on football. I know we've not talked about it, then blah blah blah. blah. Uh, just want to say Newcastle look like they're going to escape relegation, but. Yeah, I think so. Don't want to speak too soon. I think a uh, good result against Everton on Tuesday night. Lucky result, I think, against uh, Aston Villa today. I think we did play better against Everton on Tuesday night, I'll be honest. Um, for the for the listeners, Brad just flicked, flicked the bird to Pat over Zoom. Uh, I do... Like, putting the Newcastle, being the Newcastle fan aside, I do think this year's relegation battle is going to be just ridiculously good. Like, I think it's already like, done. I do, think it's be... do, you, do you think it's already decided? Do you think well, Norwich, it's, already, it's not and done, done. There's 15 games left to play. But... And Everton. No, Watford, Burnley and Norwich. 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 I just, I don't I think they've got... The... Go on. I just don't think they've got anything to get them out and they've not invested to get out. Like, if anything, Burnley just sold the striker to one of the I don't even think... It... I don't even think, but I don't even think Wood will get a game at Newcastle next season. I think they've purely bought him just to shake it up at Burnley. Like I don't even think they bought him with the intention of even playing him. But but played him every week play today. <laughs> no, but they they played him every week. But he's not like he's not that good. And I think like after the summer transfer season a, a window, if we if we stay up, I don't I don't think they'll be playing him. Or, like, I don't think he'll get much of a game once you sign Haaland and Mbappe. You don't think what what would we do with Chris Wood? He doesn't he doesn't actually fit Eddie Howe's style of play. Like Eddie Howe likes it on the ground, whereas Chris Wood is just a big lump who's up front. Yeah, he's he suits Shondai's football, doesn't he? Yeah, I know. Got to be Um, be cheaper. Yeah. One thing I hate about the Premier League table at the minute is because everyone's played a different amount of games, it's so fucking hard to figure oh, out. Yeah, figure well. out. We've, we've said this like four times because I was looking at it for ages. Like Brentford look like they're in, like well, Brentford don't look like they're in trouble, but when you look at the, how many games they played, you're like, oh, they could yeah. quite quickly find themselves in trouble here. Yeah, like if yeah. Um, Newcastle win the two games in hand on Brentford, they go above them. So yeah, it's a strange we'll one, see. but. Uh, watched a couple of the Newcastle games because he's been on telly. John Joe Shelby is the hardest man in the Premier League. Isn't he Nobody's just... convincing me otherwise. I think, does yeah. he play without shin pads on? Probably. I don't think you're allowed to, but he'll probably put on the smallest, thinnest. Yeah. Or I'm trying to think someone who's harder. Play. Someone who's harder in the Premier League. 
Sean Dyche. Go on. Well, yeah, Sean Dyche. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sean Dyche, yeah. Let, let, yeah, let's save that one for next week. I'll have to have a think about the hardest man in the Premier League. Who's harder than John Joe Shelby? I was thinking today, though, he's made some career out of New- some coin out of Newcastle just staying there. Shelby? Yeah. I think he's like, to be fair, like, he's always, like, I can't fault him for play like for what he's done in Newcastle. Like he's not been bad. He's not been a bad player. He always seems to actually put some effort in when he plays. Like he's carried them for quite a while. Pat, he always gets stuck in. I'll put effort in for forty grand a week. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Well, I know yeah. he. Um, do you know his wife was in? I want to say uh, steps. Or like a night, like a nineties, early noughties music group. No, I'm on his um, uh, S-, S Club Eight. S Club Eight, yeah. Um, he sends his kids to the school. Club eight or seven. seven. Of which. S Club sends... Eight is S Club Juniors. I thought she, yeah, I thought she was in S Club Seven Juniors. Uh, but they send their kids to the primary school about hundred meters away. So on a few of my morning walks, I've seen seen them getting dropped off. Definitely uh, not by John Joe, though, is it? I sometimes I've seen John Joe before in his car. He drives one of them fat Merc, um, like Jeep things. What are they? Uh, G wagon. Yeah. What would your uh, What would your footballer's car be? Oh, probably Ranger. Black top windows. Leaning back. <laughs> yeah. I think Brad, you 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 and I would both look daft getting out of anything other than a full by football. Yeah. Oh, I like a G wagon actually. Yeah, G wagon would be decent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously, you two are a lot taller, a fair bit taller than me, so I might be able to get away with something a bit smaller. Do you think you'd stick with your Rio Clano, uh, Rio Clio, Renault Clio, Renault Clio? Nah, I think I'd I think I'd mix it up. I might go Corsa or Astra. Solid. Get it. Get one of them decked out courses. Yeah, yeah. Sporty trend. I'd love like an Aston. Or like Electric. Jag. Kieran Trippier strikes me as a sort of bloke who'd have back in the day would have draw would have driven one of them sporty courses. Yeah, yeah. Or like a proper. Um, oh, is it the is it like the old VW Golfs or VW Polos? Yeah, the yeah, Golf yeah. Eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like just like absolutely mental. Like, I, yeah, definitely could see him doing that. He's also a world class footballer, and it baffles me every time I see him in a black and white shirt. Please calm down about this world class sort of chat, <laughs> please. He's world class, Brad. Come on. The the only one that's You're just close better. to world class at Newcastle is Saint Maximan, and that's being. Generous. He's a freak. He is an I, absolute freak. I thought he was really poor today. I didn't think he played that well. But yeah, I'm not getting sucked into to too much Newcastle chat. I do think the relegation battle is more interested than what's going on top six, though. St. Maxman is good, but his output is... He's only scored five goals this year and three assists. Yeah, and he doesn't For the main it, man, like, that's not good enough. Nah, we're missing, we're missing Callum Wilson. How many Rich Allison scored? Uh, eight. How many I'll, I'll get it up here. Local Joe Linton scored zero. Right. Oh, he might score one, but yeah, not many. Good Have you not Joe. heard? That, 
They've not. No, no, no. They've just mixed it up. They went. They didn't mean. They didn't mean to sign him at centre forward. They meant to sign him at centre half. Oh, that's fine. He's so, and, he's so much he better at centre mid. And 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 I think Eddie Howe speaks a bit of Spanish that that Steve Bruce didn't speak. So he's picked up that that <laughs> Linton kept kept trying to tell Steve Bruce that he was um he was not a centre forward. Uh, he was a centre half. Um. You paid five point seven million for every goal he scored at Newcastle in his career as a striker. Yeah, yeah. Um, terrible. Terrible. Also, something that's mental. Uh, I'm still on John Joe Shelby's Wikipedia page. I can't believe he's <laughs> made six appearances for England. I was going to say that, but fair play. He used to be really good. To be fair, well, I'm not saying he's up good now, but when he was at Liverpool, he was kind of. He was Gerard, all right. Swansea, he was all right. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. He's not bad down there as well. He's made 174 appearances for Newcastle. Do you, do you want Absolute to know? So I'll read this off his Wikipedia. Um, Shelby fell, fell down a staircase as a baby, one of several childhood traumas which believes could have caused his alopecia. He was prescribed a cream and told to sleep in a woolly hat for a month in order to combat it, but abandoned treatment because of the discomfort it caused and said of his baldness, "If you don't like it, don't talk to me." Shelby has supported youngsters who share his condition. Shelby has basically just been bullied as a kid and is a hard, hard bastard and probably the hardest guy in the Premier League. Yeah. Oh, I'm making notes for next week and hardest guy in the Premier League is definitely up there. All right, this this settles it. This settles it. Of hardest guy in the Premier League go. or most attacked person <laughs> in the Premier League. So... Um, Shelby married Daisy Evans, formerly of pop groups F Club 7, F Club 8 or F Club Juniors. Um, Blank performed at the event. So what would you guess? Blank. Ed Sheeran. Someone like that. Nah, nah, nah. Comedian Jimmy Carr. (laughs) (laughs) He's proper London boy though, isn't he, John Joe Shelby? Is it? Yeah, yeah, he was born. Uh, he played at Charlton. Uh, let me just find. Did, did say where he was born. But I have um, Romford. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought he was a scouser. Why? Well, just because he looks well out. No, he grew up playing for Liverpool, didn't he? No, he played for Charlton first. Oh. 42 appearances for Charlton Athletic. Charlton, sorry. Yeah, Charlton, I was going to say Charlton. Uh, South Manchester. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lads, just to um, probably tie this up now um, and probably lead into next week, just want to get your NFL Super Bowl predictions. Oh, nice. Um, are, you, are you staying up watching it? I'll be staying up watching it because I am. Um, because I can. Because you don't work. Well, not working at the minute. Mate, I, I will be staying up watching it because I can't sleep because I've had a very serious muscular operation on my back. And yeah, well, that's fair. Um, I might stay up for first quarter. Or open, what time is it kicking off? 11? Uh, half, 11. Yeah, I'll stay up until 12. I need my beauty sleep, I'm not going to be honest. Not going to lie, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm good, I... Manly 13 plus. You think what? Manly 13 plus. Oh, wait, that's a different sport. That's uh, nice. Yeah, I'm going um, Bengals. My head says Rams, heart says Bengals, so 
as an underdog, you always go with your heart, so I'm going to go Bengals. Exactly the same reasoning for me. <laughs> well, I'll be... Um, you muted yourself I'll, again. No, no, I'll be... Uh, it's, I think there's a lag. I'll go <laughs> Rams by 10 plus points. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Have you uh, got... Joe Burrow is the coolest guy in the world. Oh, give him that cigar now. Yeah, agreed. Uh, uh, but Bengals about... might be my second favourite team heading into next year after uh, after this. Who's your first? Bills. Oh, yeah. I've still not got a team. Uh, Josh Allen. Freaking yeah. agent. Is that us, boys? That is us. A uh, bit of pleasure again, boys. Nice to tie things up. And we're excited to speak next week. Yeah, speak to you next week, boys. Bye-bye. See you in a bit.